Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You can still claim your free audiobook when you sign up to a free one-month trial of the Audible service when you go to audible.co.uk slash footballramble. You might choose Pete's favourite audiobook, Bright Lights, Big City by Jay McEnany, or you might choose Luke's favourite audiobook, Digital Fortress by Dan Brown, or one of nearly 60,000 titles. Go and claim your free audiobook at audible.co.uk slash footballramble now. Get everyone you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Football Ramble. My name's Marcus and I've got Jim with me. Hello. Pete. Howdy. And Luke. All right. A full four ramblers. <laughs> A compliment, um, Once again. <laughs> I preferred it when, Jim, uh, when Pete was doing the Japanese intros. The, uh, there was Japanese hellos and stuff. Konnichiwa. That means too, too much or too big. <laughs> referring to Luke, of course. Um, right. Uh, Edgar David has gone to Barnet. Mm. So if you could have an ex-pro join your club with the possibility of them dusting off their boots. Let's just uh, take a moment to uh, really uh, g- get involved with that. Edgar Davis has gone to Barnet. I'm not comfortable <laughs> with you just d- glossing over that. <laughs> yeah. Edgar Davis has gone to Barnet. I, li- I like it though. It's, it's nice that he's not went, right, I'm going to Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's I actually think he'd have the option. Yeah. 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 Um, For one thing. But it, when you say Edgar Davis has gone to Barnet, it... it it almost sounds like gone to Barney is like a sort of saying for people who've got ridiculous hair and it's sort of been put out to pasture. Almost. Yeah, gone to Coventry. Too old for it now. It's, it's, it's gone to Barney. So <laughs> yeah. it's too old for that hair. Clever. <laughs> Who would you choose? What? Well, the question. Uh, if you could have an ex-pro join your club with the possibility of them dusting off their boots, who would you choose, Jim? I would go for uh, Roger Miller. Purely yeah, because oh, he's so even old. Even though he's so old, but he always has I know been. how old he is, but I can't. No, you don't. I, can't <laughs> get, well, I, don't, no, I, don't. I know he's very old. I can't get it out of my head that he might still be able to do a job. Yeah. Like, just that's what I think of eternally when I think of Roger Miller. He, he, reti- he retired in the, after the 1950 World mm. Cup <laughs> and was brought he, back for 1994. He would vomit arthritis all over the other players. <laughs> it would. And if anything, that would distract them. <laughs> that's not a special move. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Okay. Roger, uh, can you use his proper name as Barry Davis would as well? Roger Mia. Roger Mia. Of course. <laughs> Roger Mia. Yeah. Ma. Roger Mia. Gold Frankincense and Ma. Uh, Peter. Uh, I would go for um, ex Middlesbrough Scotland legend Mr. Bernie Slaven. Right. Because <laughs> nice. I once. Because uh, uh, when. Uh, I think I've possibly told this uh, story in the round before, but like. Um, when Comcast, the only cable network worth talking about in the 1990s, came to mm. uh, the North East, they used to have Borough TV. And it was uh, when Middlesbrough in the Premier League. And Bernie Slevin used to run like a Saturday morning kind of um, coaching session with a lot of kids. And he used to just pick on the fat kids. And it was brilliant. He'd <laughs> That's just not like, brilliant. That's outrageous. <laughs> it was terrible. He would just, no, but, you know, for, for players that were getting a little bit, you know, Paul heavy around the stomach. 
Yeah. Your Rooney's of this one. <laughs> he'd, he'd sort them right out. But he used to just, you know, what come on, fat, like on the television, Bernie Slavin. <laughs> you know, in the 90s, going, he... come on, fat, are you getting go? <laughs> sort them <laughs> right out. He used to sort them right out, apparently, by calling <laughs> them fat. Outrageous. Yeah. He would take care of their emotional side. Yeah. Was he the one who said, if Borough win at Manchester United, he'll get his arse out in the shop window, is that? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. He's three, not a classy three. dude. He's not no, a classy no, dude. That was so. when football was amazing. So, <laughs> football went mad. Yeah. So why do you want him at your team again? Because he motivate with bullying. Sort out the fatty. <laughs> sort out the fatty. Well, you get Grove Sooners back. Would you like, yeah. to, would you like, to, that, would you like Newcastle United's new slogan to be that? Motivation through bullying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's basically Wongas, to be fair. <laughs> you could give us your that. money back, you could give us our money back, you're going to give us our money back, will you stop hitting yourself? <laughs> yeah. Newcastle actually, they did, um, uh, a friend of mine, was it my cousin, was watching them train once, and he said that was like one of their things, when they had the ball... They'd be doing a certain drill, and if someone messed up, they'd then have to just get ridiculed by everyone. I think this was the Keegan era, and that was one of the you know the Terrence. Keegan actually. always got ridiculed. <laughs> yeah. um, there's there's talk of that. Isn't didn't um, didn't they also under Bobby Robson at Newcastle United? If they had the worst performer at training, you used to have to wear this Brazil shirt, like ironically. Okay, <laughs> and, right. and it was never washed. That was the, that was the point. Oh, okay. And they had le- leopard skin uh, leopard skin uh, tra- tracks with bottoms as well. I think. And my friend Piercy, who well. played for Cardiff Uni. Um, Sort of donkey of the day or whatever mm. used to have to wear this shell suit yeah. all the way back home and even and it, that, that was also never washed oh. banter yeah, yeah. yeah example yeah. of textbook football team banter there <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> lovely banter lovely banter yeah. uh, Luke I'm going to go for because I, I interpreted this question as sort Properly. of could he, yeah could he still do a job yeah, yeah, yeah. And is he, who do I need around who do Portsmouth need at the moment okay so I went for Roy Keane yeah yeah it's, I think that we've got a lot of players on short term contracts don't really know whether they're coming or going although they are performing quite well at the moment but I just think we can get him in there he'd still be decent nah his knee's going to give out do you not think he'd still be de- at league one level Jim yeah I think he doesn't have to move he doesn't have to do any moving I'm sure he yeah, would he's I a think, furious, I, I think furious people man would he likes the competition they'd just be scared to tackle him I think when you scared to go near him that's a big assumption I think when you just oh he's old but I thought when you just said something his knees might give out his ears literally pricked up then he heard someone saying it yeah well. so I think on, for that sort of notion alone he's exactly the sort of person I want around there with a beard preferably yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to go for Romario um, because he already made up how many goals he scored but he's a congressman now mm-hmm. so he would be making up results yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, even, in fact he wouldn't even turn up and yet his name would be on the score sheet give can himself he, a state can he make up statute? laws now as a congressman yeah, can quite, he do that I think so yeah I'm sure he's probably doing stuff that's illegal and then saying no I made up a law now it's yeah. in my contract that <laughs> I can make up laws exactly <laughs> and I'm applying it retrospectively <laughs> <laughs> either him or Dimitrio Albertini well you got to make a decision um I right. go, go Albertini. Yeah, I just miss him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, who's just, to a certain extent, the yeah. answer to every football question <laughs> is, in a way, Dimitri Albertini. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I only shouted out the name of uh, the, the the object of our game a little bit later on, then, because because you? you said I miss Albertini. I think I, I miss this player. So yeah, yeah. Oh, a little bit of a, a time burp. <laughs> Meta. <laughs> <laughs> Meta ramble. <laughs> oh, and uh, Luke's got the points, right? Yeah, one, Luke. One up. Let's zoom on to the internationals. Zoom. Uh, England hammered San Marino 5 0. What a win. At the time of recording, of course, the Tuesday games haven't been played. 
but the Friday ones were no, no time burps on those <laughs> not at all do a time burp what's the score going to be against Poland um, I thought it was a great win <laughs> I thought it was a great result for uh, for those who were on the end of it and, I sometimes uh, think that the four of us are the only people in the whole world who still care about international football but we, but, but we care about it enough to make up for everyone else do you think? Yeah, big time. I oh, know. I think I think you've been. I love international football. You've been cruel, especially to the tabloids. Yeah, they take a keen interest in Ryan Bertrand's tweets and whatnot. <laughs> um, England five, San Marino nil. What can we say about that, Jim? Well, it was basically as everybody expected. It was essentially a training game, wasn't it? And I think for me, in, if I was going into that game as Roy Hodgson, I'd firstly be confused and surprised. Um, <laughs> but once I sort of got my head around it and thought, okay, <laughs> there is this weird quantum leap situation going on. I'm just going to have to deal with it. Um, I think. <laughs> I think I would have sort of said to the players, and maybe Hodgson did say this, in a game like this, surely this is, this is where you sort of learn to be ruthless. You know, you're going to get chances, just try and stick them away, stick yeah. away as many as you possibly can. Because England did seem a little bit wasteful at times, even against San Marino, which is really, really disencouraging. The keeper was a weapon, though. Yeah. <laughs> Go near him, you, yeah, you might die. stood up since. Yeah. He's probably got a bruised lung. I, I didn't even know you could bu- have that. That keeper has bypassed the ribcage. I really cannot yeah. emphasise that enough. <laughs> <laughs> were, I was, I was going to say that just two points about this game England had 84% possession mm. people rave when Barcelona do that <laughs> yeah I, do you yeah. know what actually funny you say that because I remember thinking at the end of the game I thought I bet we only had about 65% possession <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was nice to see Oxford Chamberlain play again because yeah. Podolski's kind of squeezed him out uh, for his club side mm. and I think it's nice to I think he started as many um, World Cup qualifiers than he has um, Premier League games, games this, uh, this season he's being used for more the Oxford I think that will work uh, mm. That will come, but I mean, that's not to criticise England. What we're saying earlier is all in terms of like being ruthless and stuff. Because it was a perfectly functional performance. They got the result they needed, racked up some goals. Um, but you do, it's just there's so little to take from games like that. You know, mm. there's such yeah. a huge gulf in quality, and at Wembley as well. I think I think it's it's such a different game to any game you'll play because San Marino just stick 11 men behind the ball mm. it's not a case of you go away to Moldova you, they're going to be it's like England Italy in the Euros right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is um, it, you know when England go to Moldova and, and, and one or two of the other smaller nations and so on and so forth England you do have to break them down you do have to but, they, but Moldova will try and play a little bit they'll have them but you know they might even have the odd shot a chance you know they're not rubbish basically they've got to draw Ukraine but with San Marino, it is almost like um, you know some kind of computer game thing where you put in so many defenders there and you just try and attack them because you know they're not going to have a go at your goal. It's mm. it, it is a pointless game. It's not. It's a nice to exercise you, though. Yeah, well, it is in a, yeah. But it's what I'm saying is, as an England player or as a Hodgson, you don't you don't come up against teams like that at any other point. Yeah. That put eleven men behind the ball and to try and break that. It's just a weird. The players must think. This is a very strange game. This isn't football anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've, got, you've got the San Marino, at, at the far end of this game, you've got the San Marino team turning up, <coughs> being really overwhelmed, like having fo- taking photos of the stadium. Mm. I mean, even in the, in the sort they of can't the, still be doing that though. They, 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 they were doing that, and, and even in the aftermath, not doing it now. Before, before, <laughs> in, in the aftermath of the defeat, the manager even said, "Oh, well, this has been an amazing occasion for us. We'll, we'll carry this in our hearts always and stuff." Mm. And it's almost like they are almost like tourists. Yep. And so, I mean, without opening the can of worms, it's a whole pre-qualifying debate, which I think should should probably happen. Mm. On England's side, I think the first half, half hour, 45 minutes even, I know they scored after half an hour, but the tempo was really slow. They're not they're quick enough. They didn't, yeah. didn't drag Sam Marino. We knew Sam Marino were tired, but they didn't drag him around enough, didn't didn't play at a high enough tempo. Are they not doing that to preserve some energy for well, Poland? This, this is it. You know? Possibly, but I mean, I know you made a few changes for that reason. That's, that's a fair point. But, but this is it, though. Even if... Um 
Uh, if you can't if you can't maintain any sort of tempo, I mean these players are used to playing games every three or four days mm. at certain parts of the season. So if you can't maintain some sort of tempo when you've got the ball eighty four percent of the time against San Marino, I and mean, I don't really accept that as an excuse validly, really. But this, but this is it. But though. I'm not sure if you know maintaining a high, if it was ever the plan to maintain a high tempo. Maybe not. I mean, I mean, it, what's the point in them doing that, really? Maybe not. But in the, in the in the well, the point of them doing that is it makes it easier for them to break them down because they drag them over position all the time. It's sort of the same way sort of Barcelona do it against teams. They pull them all over the place, yeah. and then the teams get even more tired because they've not got the ball, and they also don't, they can't adapt and readjust quick enough. But in a game, these like are this, amateur players, effectively. Yeah, no, but for that reason as well. Surely in a game like this, England know they're going to get the chances. Know they're going to put them away. So probably. Probably don't want to expend as much energy. Yeah, possibly. Otherwise, would possibly. Yeah, you don't want any bruised lungs. <laughs> but, nice. the, uh, but the overall, the overall sort of from England's point of view, England don't learn anything about against those sort of teams exactly. anyway. Even the teams that are slightly really. better, because England only really come unstuck mm. against teams that are much better than them. That's right. They can't find a way to get any sort of result against. Nice. Uh, nice to see um, a lot of bums on seats, though. Oh, yeah, that was, was and the yeah. crowd were very enthusiastic throughout as well, which was yeah. nice. Um, there was a moment where the San Marino striker, I don't know his name and will never need to learn it, um, <laughs> broke through and just looked like he was going to collapse. Just, just yeah. had <laughs> just so little lung capacity, like, just, just over. It was just like, wow, this uh, d- 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 really is a world of difference here. You'd have a shot from kickoff, wouldn't you? Yeah, you San Marino. I don't know why they don't do that. Did, didn't the FA um, reduce prices as well? They so, must have done. Yeah. I think they offered uh, people who had worked at the games as well. Oh, okay, um, right. Tickets nice touch. That nice. person in the stadium got a place on the bench, I believe, as well. <laughs> sort of, uh, lottery style system. But, but Walcott was a uh, was a massive injury. He got hit so hard. Yeah, that's a shame for him. He's become a penalty as well. Yeah, because Walcott got to the ball first, didn't he? And then just kicked the ball into the keeper. Hodgson was going mad. Or so he should do. Mm. How long is he uh, going to be out for? Ooh. I have missed that. No, it's. Um, I'm not really sure. Um, certainly out for the Poland game. Well, but it Dr. Does. Campbell's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it does put the um, ten I mean, minutes of medical school. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got to show for it. Because Mold- Moldova drew with Ukraine nil nil in Moldova. Mm. It was a very handy result for England. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Ukraine had chances and looked like they scored a pretty decent goal, which was chalked off. But uh, it does put the the Moldova game in perspective a little bit for England. You know, five nil away from home is good in any man's mm. money, mm. but uh, but especially there. So well done, England, for that yeah, one. Yeah, Ukraine haven't had a home game yet. I don't think. No, they're, they're at home to. Um, I'm at home to Montenegro next. Right, yeah, be I a, think so. Yeah, yeah it'll be a tricky one. What did you reckon uh, to Patrick Vieira's comments, who said recently that young English players don't seem to be as passionate as they might be when it comes to playing for England? He said, "When I grew up in France, I wanted to play for the French national team. That was my target, my dream. And I don't feel like in England, the young players are dreaming of playing for the national team anymore." It's hard to have an opinion on an opinion, isn't it? <laughs> the, the flippant point earlier about how you know doesn't do many people really care about international football anymore is 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 almost it's sort valid. of yeah, it's almost borne out by the fact that if you can, a lot of top players are, are not only pulling out squads regularly. I don't know the stats um, for for other nations, but certainly in this country they pull out squads fairly regularly, mm. uh, and also that they 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 say they don't. Uh, players here and abroad so they don't necessarily want to be um, included for, 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 for international selection anymore I mean like you know someone like Ben Foster you know who's piped up and mm. said he doesn't want to be part of the England team anymore yeah, but I think someone he's like legitimately ben... solid second choice Yeah, you know he's only going to be a, a Joe Hart injury away from playing for England yeah but he mm. knows that he has to I mean I think it's a poor decision as well but he knows that he's never really going to play and so he's going to go here there and everywhere but then, no, I don't think he does know that. I think that's a ridiculous assumption on his part. I think he's got. No, to I don't think make so. himself. He available. knows he's not number one. Yeah, but Joe Hart could could easily get injured. Could happen to anybody. But Marcus, you can't. You can't. I wouldn't go say Ben Foster's a dead cert for number two. But surely, but surely the uh, well, he, well, he's playing. 
Look, it's, there's an argument to be made that he could be a solid number two for England, given what the other goalkeepers around English goalkeepers are doing, i.e. not a lot. Yeah. Right, so for now, let's assume that he is second choice. Joe Hart pulls a hamstring tomorrow. Yeah, well, but his decision wasn't the other day. His decision was, what, a couple of years ago. You look at the 2010 <laughs> World Cup, there was Rob Green, David James and... Uh, yeah, Rob Green's, Rob Green's in the absolute doldrums. And Joe Hart. Yeah, Rob Green's in the absolute doldrums. No, he now. is now, but a couple of years ago, or however long ago, when Ben Foster made the decision, it wasn't a dead cert. So Ben yeah, Foster could have. What I'm saying is these things change very quickly. Yeah, so he so didn't realise the future actually exists. Well, no but, he, no, but he thinks to himself, I'm not number one, and realistically. And they're going to play a do. Well, yeah. that's pretty much it. I'm not. What I, they need is. At the start of this little chat, I did say I don't agree with his decision, by the way, but I'm just trying to get into the mind of Ben Foster. Which what, we've what, all done. What they need is uh, a person who plays number two, like Steve Harper. Who would be happy to do However, or whatever. But what I was then also, going as well, is, Steve Harper being on the bench almost guarantees that Joe Hart won't get injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what, but what I was going to say is uh, then you look at Pepe Reina and he's more than happy to go along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. he was saying recently on um, that, that Liverpool were. Being like, Liverpool. Being Liverpool. Yeah. That he didn't like the travelling and the staying in the hotels and stuff. Which I couldn't see why he no, might I, not do. But, you know, he still loves going abroad with the, with the Spanish side, doesn't we're he? We're straying from the point somewhat. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, um, a guy who writes for us, Alan Frost, filed a piece a while back talking about this early retirement of international players. Um, and, and some of the players he lists, I mean, I wrote them down because I knew we'd probably bring it up. I mean, you've got Stephen Pienaar, he's 30. Yeah, Ryan Giggs retired very early. Prince uh, Brighton. Yeah, Prince Brighton. How old is he? He's very young. Yeah, Sung <laughs> Park. I mean, a lot of this, cause a lot of it's travel, isn't it? A lot of it's a lot of travel involved. Well, I was about to say you got travel, but Prince Brighton. Does he really feel attached to the nation of Ghana? He should. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't have declared for them. I don't yeah, know. I think his brother's still playing that. for Germany. But, yeah. t- but you know, but these teams, uh, these players play for um, week in week out for teams that are playing in the Champions League. There's enough travel involved in that in European yeah. competition anyway. True. Mm. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you know, because you travel quite a lot in the middle of the week it doesn't then make it easier to travel when you've got your international break so surely that yeah, yeah but, it, but it's just kind of like oh I want a weekend off it's but pathetic do you think, you know? but do you, <laughs> you think with England yeah, much has been made it is a bit of a bugger for some players to go and play international football because they turn up it's very difficult they get hammered by the press and, the, and, and everybody else mm-hmm. you don't get the perhaps the right result or maybe you, you qualify but not brilliantly and everyone goes mad at you and you just think I actually wouldn't you know some players might it's, think I just don't fancy yeah, doing but, this now yeah, as much look, as a fan no, no, I am and I think playing for England would be the greatest thing ever is there a feeling well, you, well you can be G-Sung Park and you can win week in week out with Manchester well, no, United no, and then go away with your national team sure. and get pumped all the time so I know which about, one I'd rather no, but do I'm talking more week. about English players though. The, the point well, is, is, is <laughs> the point is, is what is indicative of a wider malaise of international football versus club football mm. club football is been very aggressive in its marketing of itself and, and making the Champions League be the pinnacle of everything and even though people of our generation perhaps think that the World Cup is still the pinnacle there are plenty of players out there who are of the younger generation now who, mm. who now perceive the Champions League and club football to be more important and that is a shame but that, that's basically why this is happening isn't it? But is it perhaps in, in England though the Premier League and the FA are not entwined like they are in other countries yeah. And so that they don't they don't help each other out at all, do they? No, they seem well, it happens not just with the FA. I mean, Sergio Aguero had to fly to Argentina to get his injury approved a while back. You know, these things that there are lots mm. of crazy things that happen. Well, but I tell you what, though, with, with South America, though, you can't say that they don't care there. I'm not saying that. I'm not suggesting yeah. that. But I'm just saying that's an example of how difficult it can be for a player who knows he's injured, know he's not going to play, but has to go there and get his medical certificate signed but off. But perhaps, perhaps the FA should be a little bit more um, strong in their decisions. Just sort of saying, right, if you're not going to turn up, if you're not going to turn up every time you're selected um, for the England <coughs> squad, 
um, you're not going to play again because you, you know you either want to play or you don't want to play. You either want to be um, allowed to be selected or not. It, it just seems bizarre that the FA can't just sort of go, "Well, we're not going to pick you again." But they're yeah. cutting off at no spot of faces, aren't they? Yeah, well, you know, tough titties, isn't it? If you, you, so, you, yeah. you can either have a, a malaise of the, of the national game, a game. Pete, that you're recording this show with an England shirt on. That's how much I you am. care. Yeah, about. damn right, and shinies. Is there, <laughs> is there an argument that you know that the players that are coming through now, the young players, they've grown up with a very, very mediocre in England side, mm. full of people that are just not very likable. So. For for us, you know, when we grew up watching England, you got all these different role models. You think, yeah, I want to be like that. And guy. Gaza, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and in, in a way, your lives have gone in quite a similar route. Um, <laughs> you've at least been committed to that. Yeah. But um, you know, perhaps they, they don't have the. I think maybe role models are perhaps given credit as being more influential than they are generally in wider society. But you know, watching England in recent generations is not an inspiring thing. They've been. Poor. It's been uninspired. They've been, been pricks. Boring. More importantly, than that, that. yeah, they've been twats as well. So, <laughs> but it is happening overseas as well. Yeah. as well. That's the thing. Uh, for England, that's possibly the case. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But Roy's in charge now. So yeah, the tide is turning. Only going to get worse. Tide is turning. <laughs> uh, let's go to Group A, where it was the Battle of Wales versus Scotland. <laughs> it's a catchy title. And, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Rub of the Jungle. <laughs> and Wales. What are you calling this one? The Battle of Wales and Scotland <laughs> in, in Wales at Group A of the UEFA's. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they, uh, he'll get it in a minute. The Wales beat Scotland two one. Like Gareth, Gareth Bale, Bale beat Scotland two one. Yeah. Yeah, Should they just start calling them Bales? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ooh, penalty was it? Was it a penalty? I didn't mm, think so. It's a bit cheeky to me. I think you, uh, one thing I would say is just to let the listeners behind the curtain slightly. You've written on the running on a contentious penalty. I agree with that. Right. Yeah, it was contentious. I, I drew a willy on that bit of the uh, running order. <laughs> so. okay. Again, contentious. Yeah. <laughs> Who gave you a running order? <laughs> um, well, Jim, the penalty? Yeah, no, I don't think it was a penalty. But um, I, there were a couple of incidents earlier that, that like, Wales might have had a penalty. So yeah. Yeah, it all leaves yourself out, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it seems to be a lot <laughs> of wrong decision is still a wrong decision. Do you know what? We've been harsh on Craig Levine a few weeks ago. We talked about how... And he's been harsh on himself. Yeah, but one thing... I, and I, his country. But one thing... Yeah, he's been very harsh on his country. One thing I would say is, though, I saw the pre... It the pre-match... It was. And I saw yeah. the pre-match press conference where he actually said something I found quite touching where he said... Um, yeah, I, I realise I'm going to get pelters or whatever for this because I'm the manager of the national mm. team. But he actually said quite, I, I thought, quite emotionally. Life no, is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> no, one's, no one's happier than me to be part of this job. I'm so pr- proud to be doing this job and I'll do it as long as they'll let me. Yeah. And then, and then when, when they lost in that fashion, it's such a sickener for them, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's right. Because Wales have been in awful form. I think that's the first game they haven't lost, let alone won. And Levine was obviously pig sick about the, the second Scottish goal, which wasn't given. But uh, take nothing away from Gareth Bale's winner. Yeah, it's mm. beauty. Mm. Absolute beauty. And it it was like he he just picked up the ball and went, yeah, I think I'd rather we got three points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it really was like yeah. that. Yeah, it's a good game to be fair. Flowed quite yeah, well. Yeah. Rained loads. We were like that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it was good because realistically, neither of those teams are going to qualify. Yeah, but they still got enough hope in them to really think they, there's a chance. I mean, Wales go away to Croatia next, I think, um, which will obviously be a huge ask for them. Mm. Um, but but you know there's always a certain amount of pride involved when it's home nations isn't, isn't there? There are some really good players in that Wales side. They, oh, they for could sure, be doing absolutely. Much they've had a, they've had a real difficult set of circumstances, <coughs> haven't they? Around around what happened with you know the, the tragic death of Gary, Gary Speed and yeah. and and so whilst I think Com has not done a great job, I wouldn't be as harsh as to say that you know I think you know he could have done better because of the circumstances. Um, it's easy to say I oh, should have just built on what Gary Speed built there. But well, Common Common has said that they did start doing that and things just weren't working that way so the, the, you know they've had to sort of 
turn up the script and start again a little bit and I don't think he's a very good manager though we know that, that's completely reasonable yeah <laughs> <laughs> judging when he's yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about Belgium much has been made about the young mm. Belgians for a couple of years now they seem to be starting fi- to show their finally yeah, fulfilling it's, but it's I mean it's a, there's a lot of good players in there and we're learning also, more and more about them as more of them move to the Premier League like Benteke and Morales mm. uh, there's some real depth in that any, squad looks any, like. and Axel Witzel and Maro and Fellaini if they yeah. play together that is one Afro heavy midfield yeah. <laughs> but at, at any point in history to win 3-0 in Serbia is yeah. a brilliant result yeah one thing people say about it, are they finally doing it or are they finally not I mean Belgium a lot of those players are still very young yeah. mm. I mean Kevin De Bruyne who scored the second who took it Exceptionally well. 18, 19. He's a young man. You know, he's, he started. He's, I mean, Vedder Bremen haven't started brilliantly, but he started very well for them. Mm. Um, and he took his goal superbly well. It was the, the old chestnut from what I saw. As Serbia went a goal down, pushed for an equaliser, just got picked off. Because yeah. mm. um, I think the, the, sec, the third goal as well was sort of on the break also. But I, yeah, Belgium have got some but, amazing but players. I think it's such an intriguing side, Belgium, because they haven't come from nowhere, of course, as I say, because the last sort of couple of years or so people have um, been talking about them but they haven't they just haven't been doing it and they've not had a history they've not had a good side for a while they've the, uh, you know since about 90 really yeah I yeah. mean you know 2002 you know they, they weren't too bad I mean, knocked out by Brazil um, so as I say not from nowhere but, but suddenly they've, they've got this momentum mm. and they look a great side and they could they could qualify for the they've World Cup. They've got a real and, chance. And they a could do chance. something. I mean, wouldn't it wouldn't it be incredible if they actually won the World Cup or something? Because it would be the most remarkable. I know that's a far fetched thing to say, yeah. but it would be such a remarkable story because yeah. it would feel, looking back through the history books in years to come, that it came from nowhere. If they stopped driving their cars in the shit, do you think? Yeah, yeah. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was amazing sure. bit of damage. That <laughs> amazing bit of damage. Lovely bit of work. Yeah, yeah. From the World Cup to the car crash. Yeah. Oh, Kevin De Bruyne could have played for England as well. Apparently, mm, really could have declared for England. His mother uh, was born in the UK. Like Lewis Holtby. Yes. Well, let's go to Group C, where Germany are, are beating teams by big margins. They went to <laughs> Ireland and won six-one. Marco Ruiz took them apart in the early stages after being denied a clear-cut penalty yeah. when Dunn fouled him and then the crowd went ah. booked for diving as well wasn't he? And then he yeah, I think he was right I'm angry they held out for like half an hour on and all the damage was done within like a 25 minute period yeah. it was like five goals Royce in half an hour scored a couple of quick, yeah. in quick mm. succession Shiny Crow's got um, two brilliant goals as well and Miroslav closer. did you see his finish? Yeah. the yeah, slightest yeah. angle it's absolutely ludicrous he's never going to stop doing that he's no. never going to stop that happening I'll tell you what he is going to stop doing is his somersault celebrations why? he said the somersault I think I can still do it but I honestly don't want to risk it because I want to still be around in 2014 very efficient death very by somersault making out like he's gonna, he might actually die yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying yeah. <laughs> uh, um, they got well, Ireland go to the Faroes next don't they mm. and Faroes only lost 3-0 to Germany in Germany and and they went a goal up against Sweden. Sweden and they needed yeah, big well. Zlats yeah, to bail them out did you see Zlatan's pass for um, Kataniklic the former mm. man beautiful pass and uh, and then he scored um, the second and winning goal. The Faroes, it's a tricky trip up there nowadays because um, I remember Italy went there only a couple of years ago yeah. and they were 2 0 up and the Faroes got one back. And then I remember Buffon having to push one around the post. And I thought, bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's. Um, I think Ireland will win, though. I mean, they've got. Um, they're going to be angry after that result, surely. I think they're scared. I think they're scared. The Faroes. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get a result there and that's the last job. That's the last game Trevor Tony's yeah, got. Well, it's not looking good. They had twenty five percent possession at home. Yeah, from um, against Germany. I mean, that, yeah, come on. I mean, Ireland, given that oh, Ireland are, are known going into the Euros not that long ago, yeah. of being really robust, hard to break down, yeah. they just got picked apart. 
absolutely picked up well, that it was any team that were also, also in the Euros alongside Germany losing 6-1 in their own backyard is, mm. is crazy mm. dear oh dear uh, Group I uh, Belarus 0 Spain 4 you might think well, what are you talking about that it's a routine win for the best team in the world but there was one of the best hat-tricks of the modern era big <laughs> <laughs> shout Pedro yeah. mm. three dinks well the third one was, was a dink and a fit you know he almost he set himself up with a dink over the goalkeeper didn't I'm he? Not which is pretty special yeah, <laughs> once, once, once twice three times a dinky <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the most nonchalant hat-tricks you'll see yeah it was, was dinky tying them with yeah, them yeah, 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 good. it was messy-esque wasn't it the way he kept yeah, doing it he kept finding space the first goal from um, Jordi Alba was great yeah, yeah. Just, he did that run he does yeah. like he did in the, the Euros final as well mm. when he surges you must be thinking oh crap he's going he's, got, he's done it <laughs> and, and the defender must be thinking he's already at top speed I've got no chance here. <laughs> no. I've got no chance <laughs> and every time I think about him he gets massively closer and closer <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he finished his right peg as well open yeah. goal and all that but he'd already done well, the hard still, work yeah. yeah well no there was a defender on the line though he still yeah. had to beat him yeah um, yeah, it was an impressive stuff. I mean, just thinking about Pedro, um, Marcus and I looked looked him up on the way here. Because yeah. I thought he was a lot younger than he is, about 25, isn't it? Yeah, he was a bit younger than that. But yeah. he worked his way up through Barcelona C, then to Barcelona B, then into the first team. And the, the work ethic there, and the, the belief, and the determination to break into that side and actually do it with such incredible effect. Yeah. It just hats off yeah. to Pedro. He's, he's not a really only underrated player. People don't mention He's an excellent finisher. Yeah, he scores all the time. That second bloody naughty <laughs> he's an excellent finisher and the other thing is uh, Jimmy you're absolutely right just to expand on that to not only break into one of the greatest teams of the modern era but also feel like part of the furniture for so yeah, long yeah. I, mean, I mean okay he didn't play an awful lot well, he didn't play as much as he played in his breakthrough season but his breakthrough season he won something like six trophies yeah and he scored in all six of those competitions didn't he which is a record amazing Shh. give him his dues <laughs> Lovely, um, sort of symmetrical, well quaffered haircut as well, yeah. which I like to see, and a little bit of a uh, suspicion of bum fluff on the top lip, despite I think being twenty five. Now, as it, yeah. uh, shame, it's a shame, shame. Mm. Uh, right now, we're going to go to South America, where they've been qualifying away too, and um, it was a fantastic weekend actually in, in, in South America. Argentina beat Uruguay three 0 Uruguay. Um, a little they bit slow out absolutely shit yeah, why they, they turned so shit? That's strange, isn't it? They've they've got twelve points um, after eight games. Um, whereas Argentina have got 17 so they're 5 points clear there uh, but Argentina though they are, uh, you know under their new regime um, they look as though that they're playing you know Tevez mm. has been dropped for obvious reasons I don't rate <laughs> it it's no, it's no Diego Maradona regime ah. <laughs> but, but Tevez you know you've got Aguero in there Messi and you know Di Maria coming forward and it seems to suit Messi a bit more yeah he was and a main man against Uruguay wasn't he but, yeah. but, but, and but, we started to pick up for Argentina isn't he he's obviously had a lot of criticism in the past for not perhaps performing as well for Argentina as he has done for Barcelona but that's only a buffoon would kind of level that at him now mm. he's really really picked it up but I think the way Bar uh, sorry Argentina play when they go forward now is, is Messi Messi likes to, he links with Aguero well and links you know as I say Di Maria, Di Maria. And, uh, and one thing or another and I think that suits him the style of play that he plays for his club Aguero links very well with David Silva sometimes you know mm. those that well, tidy very passing. very tricky technical type yeah, of players aren't they and I, don't, and I know Tevez has done with a kind of a front three like he did at Manchester United but I just I don't think Tevez was quite doing it for Argentina I don't really. know if Tevez has got the same finesse as Aguero I think yeah. Aguero gives you the same kind of hustle and bustle that Tevez brings maybe right. slightly less less like, bluster yeah, yeah <laughs> but Aguero's qualities outweigh Tevez I, so, I, certainly, I certainly think of Tevez as more of a sort of he'll bazooka the ball in rather yeah. than any sort of like delicate sort of yeah. touch that's probably maybe a bit unfair but I don't I don't understand why Uruguay in that game from what I saw were such pushovers it's almost like Diego Forlan's woken up and thought oh fucking hell I'm old 
Yeah. I'm old now. Well, they did put a lot of emphasis on it. They won the Copper America. They did, but and I think. I think they won the Copper America when they needed to, if you know what I mean by that. That they had the team. You had your two guys up front, Forlan and, and Suarez. You know, Forlan was was still in that peak of his, which seemed to last a very long time indeed. Yeah. Um, your two boys behind them, the two destroyers in, in in the centre of the park. And I think that they put so much emphasis on the front two. Well, not emphasis, but they were clearly there, the, the, the creative players, and that was the right time to do it. And I don't think they've they've got. I mean, I know Cavani's there. But do they have enough coming through Uruguay? I mean, I, to be honest with you, I haven't. I'm, I'm Let's also be fair to them. They're playing Argentina. Well, they're one of the yeah. best sides in world football. Yeah, yeah true. absolutely right. But I just thought that. But they, they have had a few poor results in qualifying. Mm. But with that, with Brazil not in that um, group, of course, because they're hosting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's wide open, isn't it, for that reason? Isn't it? it is. But then, but then, Colombia. Mm. A, 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 Absolutely, fire on all cylinders. Yeah. I mean, the man, man, Falcao's obviously superb, and he's got both of the goals against um, the Paraguay. He they cannot both, not score both exquisite goals yeah. as well. Just oh, they were absolutely beautiful. Uh, Mourinho referred to him recently as a forbidden fruit. <laughs> I like that. I well. Terrifically <laughs> gay things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the most homoerotic things in football ever has ever been <laughs> <Yeah>. said. <laughs> Shoto gay in Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> ah, there you go. He's. I think that's sort of like he's almost starting to try and think about whether trying to sign him or not. Well, he oh, said, absolutely. He said something He's been about very cheeky there, isn't yeah. it? Well, flirtatious. Well, actually, and before that, he said something about because um, Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid, it's it's um, it's a non-aggressive rivalry. <laughs> Is that what he's done? He's done the groundwork, isn't he? Oh, he yeah, and he's already said to them by saying the forbidden fruit, mm. as well as being outrageously camp. He's also sort of said to the Real Madrid fans almost that you know, I know we shouldn't be doing this, <laughs> and you know we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> it's wrong, but it feels bloody right. <laughs> Radamel Falcao's. Mister has, yeah. has had a party. Jose's turned up with a guitar. Yeah, he has. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's trying to pull Falcao. Yeah, you know the way, the way that I slide right under their noses. The way I slide down that touchline on in my expensive Italian suit. I don't mind getting that forbidden fruit down the front of it. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> but you know as well though, if Mourinho, if he does leave Madrid um, in the end of the season or whenever he will eventually go, maybe he's thinking Falcao. He'll never go to Real Madrid, but he might come. to Come to me yeah. at, the, at the next stop. Darn it! <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, Colombia. Um, of course, they've got Jose Peckerman, the Argentinian coach, mm. who is coming, and he's he's done fantastically well with them. I mean, Falcao has always been a good player, but he wasn't quite getting the service. And I know Rodriguez because Peckerman loves a number ten, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, remember he used to mould the team around Raquel May yeah. and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I think there's a guy Rodriguez who plays for Porto. Is that Rodriguez? And uh, like he's linking up with Falcao and mm. so now Falcao's getting opportunities you know because I think he was a bit isolated before. One, one thing I would say about the sort of qualification process in South America is from what I can make out I mean, it's a very very long drawn out process and Ecuador for example doing very well at the moment they are, if, yeah. if you look at the games they've played and the games they've got coming up mm. you'd fancy it to even itself out a wee bit and, and also you know the away some of the away trips can, can throw up some funny results away to Bolivia for example yes. whereas, whereas Peru Pretty much at a different team. They have an altitude team yeah. by the looks of it. Well, but the g- games in Bolivia basically mm. knackered players and ridiculous pingers. Just yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. It's just a knackered all the time. A World Cup in Bolivia, methinks. That'd be amazing <laughs> with a shoot ball. The guy who opened the score for Peru, right? <laughs> right. That He's, goal was. He smashed it up. He smashed Phenomenal. the ball. Right, there's no air resistance at all. It's He's flown in the top corner. It's still a celebrate. He's just gone down his haunches. <laughs> it was 20 minutes in he's absolutely broken he's like a broken man yeah. he looks like he's run a marathon yeah. they should all have like Bane style masks yeah. to play in Bolivia that'd be brilliant that would be amazing wouldn't it 
And this is the Altitude team, apparently, as well. So I don't know if he's supposed to be in it or not. The Bolivian equaliser was an absolute beauty as well. Yeah. Mm. Glorious. It's, it's, yeah, it's, so at what point during those games would you not just realise, let's not try and play this at all, just ping it at every opportunity. <laughs> it's like playing It's a long-range shooting. It's, if, if, if they kicked the ball directly, vertically in the air, it would never come back. <laughs> That's how ridiculous the situation is. Mm. The, circ- the, the environment there... It's not conducive. Now, I know we talked about it in the past when um, there was a sort of like talk of, of limiting how hard you could actually play qualifying games. Mm. You, it, without exa- trying to exaggerate too much, it looks like a different game. Yeah. It, yeah, know, I know. It's, it's so strange. The keeper's got no. I feel sorry for the keepers. Yeah. Yeah. Just pingers every, every, from all over the pitch. And it's hard to dive when you've only got like one functioning lung, effectively. <laughs> exactly, mm. yeah. Ask the Walcott. Can you imagine sort of watching that, um, that qualifier and sort of going, where shall I get my seat? I'll probably go a bit low. I'll probably, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I won't go yeah. raw Z. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. more. Please, no, no more. <laughs> yeah, can't get any higher. I felt it in Johannesburg, to be fair. Yeah, that's uh, that's fairly high up. Isn't oh, it? speaking of that, can you remember the, the yeah, BBC coverage of the World Cup in South Africa when they talk about the altitude mm. and Robbie Savage genuinely piped up with, uh, "Well, I went for a run on the beach there this morning and it was fine." <laughs> oh, <God>. Hey, <laughs> do you remember that? Uh, <laughs> was he above, uh, was he on a sand dune? I, th- I think someone actually, yeah, okay. I think someone actually said, "Yeah, beaches do tend to be at sea level." <laughs> But one thing I love about watching the South American in the qualifying is that everything in defending is last ditch. Oh, of course it it's is. It's all yeah. last ditch. Slide tackles over the place. What I was going to say about La Paz is I once celebrated Christmas there. There you go. There you go. Got uh, t- I bet you got really tired. Before we move on um, from South America, Ecuador 3, Chile 1. A ridiculous own goal um, got Chile uh, ahead. It was fantastic stuff. Like Lovely volley, wasn't it? Close range volley. <laughs> no pressure on him. What about the Peno? I'm moving on to that. The, the own goal. It's her, Juan Carlos uh, Paredes, his name Paredes, yeah. He looked in fear of his life when that had gone in. <laughs> absolutely terrified. What about um, what about the potentially because ter- ter- Casado was on the same picture? Well, I was going to say Casado. Yeah. He looked terrifying. Didn't yeah, he? he's an absolute monster. It's it the Black Terminator. It was an it, it was an intriguing one. He, they won <laughs> a penalty. Yeah. yeah, they won an, uh, a penalty to Ecuador, and he put the ball down on the spot. And I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. Well, what happened yeah. was the the spot was was almost like a little ditch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like they, a divot. They've stamped yeah, they've the, stamped the penalty spot too hard, so it sunk about an inch below the rest of the pitch. Okay. So he Caicedo refused to have the ball on the spot because it's just going to ping over. Like yeah. a, it would be like a golf shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it was in a little bunker. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it was in Ecuador's stadium. Mm. Oh no, no, so, yeah, yeah, I understand know, that. There's yeah. no conspiracy there, but the referee wouldn't let him do that, and there was a bit of an argument. So he then. Took the penalty, the keeper saved it, but he scored the rebound and then turned around and just went mental at the referee. Oh, the referee. Flower. I was frightened. Yeah, I was. The referee. And he was on a booking when he did that. The referee looked like Uncle Fester as well. Mm. <laughs> Always encouraged. But, uh, <laughs> uh, Argentina are, are, are top there with, with Colombia in second uh, with Ecuador. So, um, all to play for mm. yeah. South America. Uh, right then, we are going to go to English football. Let's come home, mm. shall we? No. Okay, it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> so cold. Can we do African combinations? Come on. All right, okay. Um, well, I was going to gloss over that. Some horrible scenes uh, in Africa. Senegal were, were getting beaten 2 0 by Ivory Coast. Drogba scored 2. And then some awful riots broke. Obviously, they didn't get to. I was more, I was more talking about um, Cape, Cape Verde. Cape Verde. Cape Verde, Cape Verde. Cape Verde. Cape Verde. <laughs> Cape Verde. <laughs> knocking out Cameroon. Going yeah. there. I like time. to think that it was because I played beach soccer with a lot of kids on the beach. Uh, you know, when I was on holiday in yes. Cape Verde. Have you been to Cape Verde? I've been to Cape Verde. Right. It's a tiny, tiny place, you know. 
Are you saying that influences? I'm just saying that you know, Mr. Donaldson, he teaches well, some football. Of the, we now qualify. Some of the for, passing you know, that was going on on show. That was the wind talking. <laughs> I, I think they thought Mr. Donaldson sowed the seeds, and now we <laughs> exactly. have big exactly. football tree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. We says play, the wind as I stepped we, onto the plane. We play the, the Mr. <laughs> Donaldson you. way. Yeah. <laughs> as you stepped on the plane, heard the wind hush. Thank you to you. you yeah. At the time, you thought, I wonder what that's for. Mm. Now you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, now you sex, know. Sexy football in yeah. Cape Verde with Pete Donaldson <laughs> um, so yeah well, well well done to them so uh, oh, we've got African Cup of Nations coming soon Cape mm. Verde going to get pumped so soon after the last one mm. yeah and uh, that means we get to see Harvard and Ard again yeah. yes smiles all around ladies <laughs> now uh, and some men and some myself men. included yes very much included um, let's go to let's come back home to England um, where Owen Coyle has lost his job at mm. Bolton He's no longer in charge, but uh, Ivan Campo has thrown his hat into the ring for, for the job. He, uh, we know this because on Twitter he posted, after to know what it's happening in the Bolton family, in block capitals, uh, I want to say that of course I would like to help the club. I love very special moments in my life. <laughs> Big, <laughs> Big Sam, Nolan, again in capital. Davo, JJ Kocha, UC, Djorkev, Hierro, and all fans of Bolton, my family. <laughs> only I need to receive. Only I need receive a call of Phil Gartside, and I will go to Bolton immediately to help the club with my experience. It's like a kid writing on four yeah. chan. <laughs> well, this is where he's obviously calmed down a bit now. Okay. I would try to speak with Phil Gartside and after meeting the fans will know if I will go again to Bolton or not. <laughs> what an incredible dynamic. It's almost like he started the tweet talking about his chance of going to Bolton then by the end of it convinced himself that he may not be able to do it. So just, just signed off. Looked, Don't bother replying. He's looked at the previous tweets and gone, I'll yeah. talk myself out. Yeah. I love football's thrown Ivan Campo and the wonderful <laughs> town of Bolton together. Yeah. It's brilliant. Oh, I think oh, talking of people dusting off their boots, get Campo back, yeah. sitting him in front of the defence. Yeah. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Well, um, we knew Bolton were doomed when, um, as someone said to me, they lost, I think, four nil to Portsmouth in a pre-season friendly, <laughs> and the Portsmouth team apparently literally met in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> Just go and enjoy it today, boys. Yeah, <laughs> we have. We won four nil. <laughs> They're a division above us. Four four two. Yeah. The channels. Who was it, Andy? Was it Andy Cole who said that um, Aaron Coyle? Was um, as good as Alex Ferguson, something like that. Wow. When, uh, we know, uh, we know the kind of thing Andy Cole would say. You know, when Owen Cole was really riding the crest of a wave at Burnley, he was doing really well. Yeah, yeah. It was around that sort of time. <laughs> cool. It's Andy Cole's birthday today as well. It's Sean Lamy Obi's birthday at the weekend. Thirty-one. Thank you very much. Wow. That's mental. Oof. Thirty-one. Joe Tommy Ami Obi's playing in Iceland. Yes, that was ago. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, he's still there, mm. so right. it's actually still <laughs> present. <laughs> um, and Eddie Howe's returned to Bournemouth. Yeah, that's a funny one. And Eddie Howe's a good manager, you know. Good record. Coyle might go to Burnley. Well, it could go back there, yeah. Seems unlikely, doesn't it? Does. It? it does. It does. After he stitched them. Yeah, they, they weren't them. happy. For the sake of uh, that ra- Ramble Symmetry, <laughs> it would be nice. It would be. But um, yeah, Eddie Howe got Bournemouth promoted to League One in 2010. Decent enough record at, um, all over the place, really. And Bournemouth have got a bit of wedge as well now. So mm, I- I'd like to see Eddie Howe do well, predominantly for the reason that his, his career was cut quite short through injury. Uh, he's still only, what is he, 34 now? Something like that? In the shade. Young. Crazy, isn't it? In the shade. And so, right, yeah. we're back with Pete's game after this. Good news, Ramblers. We have a betting partner. And our betting partner, William Hill, are offering to match any sporting bet from £10 to £25 when you, a listener to the Football Ramble, open a new William Hill sports account. Go to thefootballramble.com slash William Hill to find out more and claim your free bet now. Um, I was going to go with um, a suggestion uh, by uh, an equally inebriated man uh, on Saturday night that I met called uh, Mark Wargan. He wanted um, 
Call Edmundo's Tevez ablets. Noel Edmund's telly addicts, right? <laughs> right. I thought it was a brilliant we, idea at the time. Reading that in the call, call light, the call light of day. I'm yeah, surprised you uh, even knew what it was in the call light. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, 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 I thought I'd written that myself. That's you know, like, get, that game sounds brilliant. No, we're having the Sveneration game. Oh, oh. I'm happy. <laughs> 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 well, that's how you was doing the scores, big soul. Yeah. What's the scores? No, no, one of Sven's women. Yeah. Not all his women. Soul Firearm. Good. <laughs> Go on. Right, uh, your first clue, uh, gentlemen. Uh, I was born uh, on the 28th of June, 1969, in Clerkstorp. Stop. Uh, two years after the summer, like, oh, that wrong bit. Yeah, stop. Yeah. Is it the rise for sale? No. Oh, it's the Federation game. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, 1969. <laughs> Oh, um, <laughs> in 1996, I won the African Cup of Nations. Oh, big a big clue early on. That is an enormous Stop. one. George Weah. No, she thought of an African man. <laughs> well, I, <did> <laughs> well, I that thought bit. of an African man. Stop. I know it's probably not him because we've already had him. Is it JJ Kocher? No, no. That doesn't stop <laughs> it. That doesn't stop it. Apparently not. Oh come on now. Stop. Is it Rigobert's song? No, it's not Rigobert's song, but great to hear his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, I... Oh, yeah, 1969, he was much before that. <laughs> yeah. According to my website, so, you know, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek, uh, 28... Uh, pinch of salt, rather. 28 games in the Premier League, five valuable goals. <laughs> Editorialising. Uh, oh. <clears throat> no. Five valuable goals. <laughs> <laughs> and a partridge in a pear tree. Yeah. <clears throat> 58 games for my national team, 18 goals. Stop. Is it Benny McCarthy? No, it's not. Not a bad Good guess. I'm desperately trying to think who won the Everton Cup of Nations in 96. I took my national team to its first World Cup. With a goal. <laughs> oh. So, okay, so it's got to be someone like... Are you showing you working out, Lukey? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm thinking of Senegal then. That's the, that's the road I'm going down at the moment. Might be the wrong road, but, well, this, let's but the internal sat now's <laughs> told me it, so I'm going to go with it. Let's, let's hear the next clue, shall we? In 1996, I won the African Cup of Nations for Bafana Bafana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I said McCarthy. I'm not that old woman who oh. followed the sat nav to France by accident. <laughs> okay. Stop. Is it Mark Fish? No. Good guess, though. Again, that's... great to hear his name, though. Yeah. On the right lines, though. Yeah, I, he is. You're I, out, you are on the right lines. I Stop. Used... Mark Swordfish. <laughs> <laughs> I used to own petrol stations and <laughs> boutiques. That's not going to help us. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Why is this come now? But in 2011, penniless, I sold all my worldly possessions in a giant garage sale. Oh, God. <laughs> Pete, why don't you want to pick such tragic ones? <laughs> yeah. There's a few I haven't picked for that very reason. <laughs> my nickname was Chipper. Come on now, even I know this one. It's, it's your game! It's yeah, yeah, but I knew it before. It's a 98. Yeah, I'm, I'm this desperate. Um, I'm letting yeah, you into right. what I'm thinking. I can't think. <laughs> no, <I don't> <laughs> one final clue, gentlemen. Yeah, I played for Leeds and Barry. Stop! Oh, Stop! Lucas 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 I had oh, that. God. Sorry. No, Lucas no, Lucas 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 oh, no. <laughs> he said that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! Yeah, massively. It's been, it's been a while. Massively, oh dear. Been stumped. Oh, it was. He joined at the same time as Radovi, didn't he? He joined Leeds with him. I can't remember the guy's name. It's uh, Film a Singer. Ah! Ah, Film a Singer. Fill your own. (laughs) Balls. 
There's some incredible stories on the uh, South African newspaper that was talking about his um, talking about his uh, his life and how he, his sort of. But you're gutted and you weren't drunk in the air at the time, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that. We've got a profile to do, mm. ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wait, uh, I confirm we scored a beauty at the weekend. Come oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Always profile time, ladies and gentlemen. Damn it all. And we've got Andre Konchelskis. Hey. Mm. Lovely. One of my favourite players when I was growing up. Really? Mm. Oh, oh, you, you're going to love this then. Because uh, he was born on the 23rd of January, 1969. Yeah, just about 18 months after the summer of love. Yeah, it's an easy one, isn't mm-hmm. it? In Ukraine, wasn't it? Yeah. Was I was, I was, th- I was thinking this earlier. We ever had a player that was born actually in the summer of love? I, I don't think of if we have. I don't think I've ever said, oh, born the summer of love. That would have been amazing. Yeah, oh, I'll get to it. It must be, yeah. surely. Yeah, make a note of that for next time. Yeah, we'll do, yeah. Maybe everyone was just too busy loving. Yeah, there's no one was born. <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 Too many things going in, not enough things coming out. <laughs> yeah. In 1968, there's loads. Yeah, early. <laughs> early 1968. <laughs> yeah. Um, come on, you Reds! Come on, you Reds! Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, he was he was born in uh, Ukraine or the Soviet Union back then, as it was widely known. Um, one of the first real foreign stars of the Premiership, mm. that Premier League, an exhilarating player. Oh, always awesome. had always had the football at the end of his tour. He did. Yeah. He was always just oh, like a gazelle, lovely, rapid. Um, he began his footballing career in the late eighties with Dynamo Kiev. Just mm. in case you were doubting the whole Ukrainian link, <laughs> uh, he was there for two years and then moved to Shakhtar Donetsk. Yeah, no doubters anymore. Mm. Um, famously going to Manchester United uh, for around six hundred and fifty thousand uh, pounds. Real age of brilliant time by Ferguson. What mm. a gemmy on earth. There. Yeah, it reminds me of a time when there was basically very little foreign players in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, when the Premier League started, there was only a handful, wasn't there? Well, there's that stat, isn't there? That um, was it his second or first full season. At Manchester United, where he was like one of thirteen foreigners who started the first day of the season. Or oh, the Premier League, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay. times have changed. Schmeichel, um, he was definitely one of them. Yeah, but uh, Konchelskis would bring pace, flair, and craft to Manchester United. And hair, <laughs> yeah, he had a, a stable hair, a reasonable Look, barnet. Yeah. Let's call it what it was. He <laughs> had lovely eyes. Yeah, yeah, doe eyes, doe eyes. Yeah. yeah, big smile. <clears throat> in his first full season at the club, they narrowly lost out to Leeds for the title, but they did win the uh, the League Cup. So Andre got his hands on his first piece of silverware in England. The following season would be even better. United ended their 26 year wait for the league, and Conchelsea's played his part. Him and Lee Sharp were vying for the right wing. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get Lee Sharp in there. Yeah. Because um, it's the only way he's getting in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only way he's getting a mention. Um, uh, it's true it's, it's interesting to say Jim he's one of your favourite players how many neutrals loved Andre Kanchelskis yeah. and f- for a Manchester United team that people hated as yeah well. that's I mean, right as said many times it's easy to forget how much they were hated because they were, they were the big dog they were the only one you know mm, whereas he, there's he, multiple options now yeah. <laughs> he, it's hard to keep up these days yeah. <laughs> he'd play against you and you'd only get one chance to intercept and then he'd be off he'd yeah. be off up that line wonderful yeah. well when he when he got the ball and had space to run into it that, that, that glorious moment when the winger gets the ball and you think oh the full back's off him a bit yeah. <laughs> you know the excitement that the, the crowd would have with, with his baggy sleeves yeah, and off yeah. he'd go <laughs> and it really was a case of off he goes yeah. you know? uh, suddenly lots more space would open up yeah. Yeah. It was just so rapid I mean he, he could put the ball in the box he could whip in a delivery because he was he was very one footed 
until he decided to shoot. Mm. And he was really good with the foot as well. Yeah, because yeah. he it was all on the and right foot. Not quite one footed. Yeah, well, exactly. Oh, he'd dribble with his right, and it'd almost be like he was charging up his left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I think yeah, <laughs> like a clockwork radio. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to shine. The more, the more <laughs> touches, the more touches with his right yeah. gets him to charge up and use a power strike with his left. Yeah. <laughs> but especially like if you look at the goals he scored for Everton, loads on the left. Not yet. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing what That's you do. That's my job, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yeah, as I say, imagine being a full-back and you'd be like, who's, who's playing today? Is it Sharp or Kanchelskis? Well, either was decent, but yeah. like, oh, crap. <laughs> I mean, he, he it could... depends when. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, he could come inside, and he did that a lot more than what I remembered, actually, because um, I always used to think of him beating the full-back and getting a cross in. Yeah. Um, because he, because he, was al- he always dribbled with his right foot mm. the, b- the ball never touched the left When dribbling Until unleashing the curl It's just a trigger corner. It's just a trigger <laughs> yeah. um, There was uh, that goal against Oldham Typified that Where he would just sort of get the ball And just have a wander mm. And there he goes inside And then sort of cuts back And goes it's time to score now mm. um, Absolutely fantastic So uh, oh, and been, While he was um, doing stuff for Manchester United He'd been playing international football For a couple of years and had been in the Soviet Union team, but he didn't go to Italian 90. And then when the Soviet Union disbanded, he played for the CIS at Euro 92. I yeah. love that. It excites me terrifically. <laughs> it was like, and, and their, and their, um, their, their, uh, their theme, their anthem was like um, Beethoven's Fifth. Or something. That's right. like, they yeah. cut the Commonwealth of Independence State. Still going, just haven't got sports teams. Yeah. Still got, it's still got yeah. a mutually beneficial relationship with a group of nations. Yeah. Yeah. And, their flag, and their flag, nations is, just, well. their flag is just CIF. It's not like a, they didn't even bother thinking of a flag for the, um, <laughs> the actual... I think the new flag's a little bit more sort of elaborate now. I think, that, uh, yeah. But I think for, those, for the notes for of the those sports, it was just CIS, yeah. I like it's still going. Oh yeah, it's still going, yeah, absolutely, the 93-94 season uh, will always be a big one in the history Now of you're talking. <laughs> will always be a big one in the history of Manchester United. They retained the league crown and completed um, the, uh, a league and cup double. What about, what about the 5-0 against City? Well, indeed. Um, <laughs> now he was a real favourite with the, the Old Trafford faithful at the time, Ken Chelsea's by then, and he'd made that right wing position his own. And he was in the midfield with Giggs on the left, Inson Keane in the middle and, and himself out wide on the right. Yeah, I remember he scored. He got a hat trick against City at the Old, uh, Old Trafford, didn't he? Oh, no, that was 94 95, I think. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. right. Definitely in 94, though. Yeah. Okay, well, you're coming to that in a Well, he missed World Cup 94, I think, with injury. Uh, which That's strange, because I always thought that would be in the same season, that 5 0 and, and the title. Maybe I'm, I can't have been. Well, yeah. Um, he did play, sorry, just keeping on the international team, he did play at Euro 96. Was deployed as a deep line midfielder, and I think even, as a, even as a fullback, I think he played. <laughs> no wonder they went out. Um, <laughs> Uh, but oh, yeah, up front. yeah, that's right. Ninety-four, ninety-five season. Um, he was one of Manchester United's um, uh, top scorers that season with fifteen goals. But it was his last season at the club. Um, ru- a lot of rumours why he left. There was talk of bribes from Ferguson being offered a bribe and one thing and another. But I think the most credible one is that he had a big bust up with Ferguson, mm. and the big Scotsman doesn't take that. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because Ferguson has said before that. Yap Stam is the only player he thinks he let go too early. And obviously, Kanchelskis leaving did pave the way for David Breckham to break through. Yeah. But you think, I mean, he really did so well at Everton, you wonder. He left at 26 years old. He did did well in his first season at Everton, then he moved to Fiorentina, didn't he? Mm. He did. Well, before that. I think Everton needed the money, didn't they? Yeah. That's probably true, yeah. Before that, we've got to say that the The lovely volley against Nottingham Forest. Yeah. And the hat trick against Manchester City. Well, I mean, him and. um, To be honest, to be perfectly frank, I can't remember what season that was. I thought it was 93. 94, yeah. If you're saying it's the season after, I 
happy to believe it him, <laughs> him and Cantona pulled them to pieces <laughs> absolute pieces the first goal Cantona got might have even been Kieszewski set it up but I think Erwin was playing right back that day mm. and he might have crossed it in from deep and Cantona finished it and then it was just a Kieszewski shot after that and big Marky Hughes got the other I remember a typical <laughs> brutal yeah. striker's goal where he sort of bludgeoned the defender onto the floor <laughs> the keeper literally just yeah. belted it in the bottom but in those days look, Manchester United would just Massively overpower teams now. Yeah. I know you could say there's an element of that still today, but not in the same. If you watch the videos, it's so mm. much more evident yeah. back then. But Kenchelskis, the amount of times he would go through on goal or be, you know, especially when playing for Everton, I, part of me thinks he just didn't track back, and there probably was an element of that. But then a part of me thinks, and the other part of me thinks he was so quick. He would just, I mean, lightning fast. The amount of times that he would chase down the ball, 60-40 in the defender's favour, and he would nip in behind and finish. Mm. He's rapid. Great finisher as well. He's so fast he'd make otherwise reasonably pacey defenders look slow. Just look yeah. like they were standing still. What I really liked about Kinchelski, again, we, we talked about this in the, pre, in the profile um, from last week, he just loved playing the game. Mm. Often with a smile on his face and loved scoring goals and, and all the rest of it, you know, which is always... Uh, Refreshing to look back on. I seem to remember he once scored a header as well, which is rare for a winger. He's, he scored a few headers. I, I remember he scored a header for Everton against, I want to say Southampton, they had red and white stripes, but it might not have been them. I th- he might have done, but he scored one at Anfield. Did he really? Okay, yeah. yeah. He scored a double at Anfield. Yeah, okay. Um, and they won 2 1, which is always going to please the Everton fans. <laughs> Isn't yeah. there some stat that he scored in the Manchester derby, the Merseyside derby, and the Glasgow derby? Yeah, that's true. No that. one else has done that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I believe so. And Twitter he, will tell us when the show comes out. <laughs> and he looked a bit like Dimitri Karin. Yeah, he did. Bit, yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah. put well, a pair of tracksuit bottoms on him. <laughs> I'd like to see you pick him out of a lineup. Pete. <laughs> yeah. Well, he moved to Everton um, for five million. He's, as I say, still only twenty-six years old. Um, still, sorry, still. Mm. Well, no, sorry. At the age <laughs> of twenty-six, he moved to Everton. I should have said. Uh, he helped them to a, a sixth place finish, uh, which was their best for nearly ten years. And it, it, as you said, Luke, his first season, he was fantastic for them. R- really was. I think that like one or two Evertonians have said that, it, you know, it, their best players of the 90s, they, he'd be up there. Oh, yeah. Which definitely. is strange because he had one really good season. The next mm. season wasn't too great. But at the start of that great season, they, when they played Manchester United, Lee Sharp, of all people, upended him. And uh, um done his uh, shoulder in, wasn't it? So it was a bit of an injury So Lee Sharp yeah. Little hatchet mm. Mm. Too late yeah. <laughs> Should have done it In Man United training sure. yeah. um, I don't think Lee Sharp trained to be honest. Yeah. Otherwise he would have done He was at his barbecues <laughs> Yeah Scored a hat-trick Against Sheffield Wednesday Yeah And Chelsea's, And finished as Everton's Top scorer that year So there you go The second season It was a bit of a shame Because he, he massively Dipped in form And he was sold to Fiorentina For 8 million um, I, I don't really know too much about his time there. I, don't I think thought it was seven well. he went, but I mean, there's oh, wait, they've sold on for a profit pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah, it's not too bad. Decent money then as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they'd have just shown him videos of the first season. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. the guy you want. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he was there a couple of years and then signed for Glasgow Rangers and, and, and was at the Ibrox for four years where he won a couple of leagues. He also did the best bit of showboating I think I've ever seen anyone do. Yeah, a couple, couple of league cups. <laughs> yeah, he's also done the worst. Couple of league <laughs> cups and three Scottish cups. <laughs> And the spin, <laughs> and he did a sort of weird spinny thing. But he did that other. The good one is when he against stood on Air the United. Ball. He stood on the ball and saluted against Air United. Though, come still, on, <laughs> still it's impressive. It doesn't matter who you play. Disrespectful. It was a bit naughty, actually, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think Rangers won seven nil that day. Did they? I was. It was nil nil. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the spinny one was a bit weird, wasn't it? He, 
he ran up to the, the fullback. Totally unnecessary. Yeah, but then the fullback wasn't fooled at all and he failed to get his cross in, so he did look a bit, <laughs> a bit silly. He did score a beautiful volley away at, Dun- at Dunfermline. Um, when the ball came I'm going to say Van Basten-esque <laughs> yeah, fair enough it's his time now yeah. it's the profile's his time it, seriously though, it, was, it was a class Van Schalskis-esque <laughs> uh, oddly whilst at Rangers he went on loan to Manchester City for, yeah. for a mm. handful of games mm. very strange and then uh, became a bit of a journeyman went to Southampton for, for a match or two and then Saudi Arabia and finished um, up in, in the Russian league he did amass over uh, 50 international caps for three different teams Soviet mm. Union CIS and Russia I quite like saying that a man had three international themes. Careers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and since playing, he went into management um, with a few lower league Russian sides. But uh, an early Premier League great and a thoroughly enjoyable player to watch who wowed many a British crowd. He's got a bit of a, he's a, bit of a fat lad now and he's got a, a slick Rick haircut. Lovely. And uh, I saw do. an interview with him uh, a while back when he said that he maintains that it, whenever if Manchester United ever visit... Uh, his part of the world on the Champions League whatever uh, apparently Ferguson always uh, looks him up I think, I think they've buried the hatchet I think in Moscow yeah. in the final Chelsea made oh is, it that, is that what it was yeah. Went to see him, yeah. oh, okay there you go so that's nice to see and in he comes Andrek and Chelsea one of the Premier goal. League stars <laughs> seriously that was players like that that made the Premier League right or wrongly what it is now that sort of yeah, glamour and stuff you yeah. know totes man totes uh, that's the end of the show ladies and gentlemen if you want to get in touch the email address is show at footballramble.com the twitter is at footballramble and the website is thefootballramble.com yeah a little quite funny update actually on the, on the website uh, Keith Bailey uh, wrote a piece about um, a Northern, Ireland, Northern Irish team who've come up through were promoted last season and now doing very well in the league and uh, the, uh, the chairman of said team apparently uh, looked him up and said oh uh, or saw him and said oh yeah I, I really enjoyed your piece and asked, thanks very much for writing it um, I read it on the football walkabout Apparently, <laughs> 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 actually said that. Wow. Yeah, that's where we would do like a live show, a walkabout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. My favourite Northern Irish team, a chimney corner. There you go. Great name. But uh, yeah, oh, and, uh, may I just plug your little uh, ramble meets with Matt Murray? Yeah. Yes, fantastic Ooh. stuff. That, uh, nice house. Mm. Very, Very that, nice that's, house. That was but just his games room. Chimney <laughs> cricket. But yeah. really intriguing um, to get into the mindset of a professional goalkeeper. Some of his pre-match it rituals. Is, it is the most emotional uh, piece of work that Luke has ever done. I think. Luke has ever been involved in yeah I wasn't even there I just photoshopped in afterwards <laughs> but no yeah it's a really good interview because um, Matt's a very interesting guy yeah. so Wolves legend ex-pro had to retire very young so it gives you a little bit of the other side of you know everyone thinks footballers are millionaires blah 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 he, he's had to adjust his life very quickly at a very young age it's, it's a story worth uh, listening to so yeah the footballramble.com forward slash videos you'll see it on there forward slash videos alright that's it from us say goodbye Jim goodbye say goodbye Pete goodbye everyone say goodbye, Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me, you beauty beaut beauts. <laughs> Where did wow. that come from? Wow. You dug that one out, didn't you? Well, I was going to go... Wind him up, Pete, and let him go. <laughs> I want to induct um, <laughs> British inventor Sir James Dyson <laughs> Matt Dyson <laughs> what do you think Pete you interested yeah the sneaker pimps they from your they from Hartlepool they used to quite like them six underground was that them yes it was yeah. yeah yeah it was they're very very 90s
Yeah. I liked them at the time. Sort of like really White Town. Com- commercial I'm, trip hop. Yeah, it was. Yeah, when, <laughs> when, when sort of Massive Attack became big, so everyone was like, oh, get on the bandwagon. Um, I used to listen to that record quite a lot with a girl I was seeing at uni. Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Benners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hey, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got kids, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. <laughs> 